Welcome to the Maze Marketing Podcast. This isn't another podcast about marketing tricks or hacks, but about building effective marketing systems, beating marketing overwhelm, and communicating your expertise. With your hosts, Rob Drummond and Jonathan Wilson. Hey, so on this week's episode, we're talking about how should you hire help with your Google Ads. The reality is, is that Google Ads is a big system and nobody can specialize in all of it. So if you're a business owner, then at some point you're going to need to hire someone to help with at least some parts of the Google Ads process, whether that's remarketing or Google search or something else. I am seeing consistently that there is a trade-off in interests between agencies and between business owners. So the question for you as a business owner is, how do you protect your interests? How do you make sure that, that an agency or consultant is working for you and not against you? This is a real problem. Um, I, I see clients, I see, I see companies that are regularly just losing money by hiring someone who then is not doing very much work. So, you know, this is a conversation from the other side of the fence. Both John, both Jonathan and I um, have worked and do work more on the agency side of the arrangement. So, you know, th- this is a no-holds-barred conversation about how how do you think about your your needs and how do you hire the right help to, to help you improve your Google Ads return on investment. It's going to be a lot of value in this call. Let's jump into the conversation. So yeah, so uh, last week I was running an event, a live workshop here in Sheffield. It's called Pie, Peas and Google Ads, uh, which was a three-day workshop. And the promise of the workshop was that the people who came along would spend three days with me eating pies, drinking beer, and fixing their Google Ads accounts. And actually, what are the insights that I learned? I mean, the reason that I run courses, courses like this is because you teach the things that you need to learn, I guess, and it becomes yeah. more it, it becomes more apparent to you like what the real issues are. And I realised that the reason that so, so I had six attendees at this course, and they're all in. So there was four carpet cleaners, uh, one lawyer, and one guy in a property business. Uh, so you know, effectively different different businesses, different different reasons for coming, different different Google ad situations. Some doing remarketing, some not. Whatever. The reason they all came when we really drilled down into it was control. It's because at some stage they'd either asked Google for help or they'd, um, they paid a consultant or an agency to help them. And they, and they basically lost control of what was going on and they hadn't got the results and they weren't in, in a position to fix it because they didn't have the knowledge that they, they had a bit like a bit of the knowledge, but not enough. Yeah. Um, it's a complex system. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and it is a complex system, uh, you know, with multiple moving parts and nobody can know all of it. So most business owners do need to get help with it at some point. So the reason this event came about was one of my attendees, so one of the carpet cleaners uh, that, that came to the events, I know reasonably well, and I was having a conversation with him last November. Um, and he was telling me about all of his carpet cleaner friends who were all being ripped off by this you know, one Google Ads consultant who was charging them all you know, about 200 pounds, which is about $300 a month. And they've eventually figured out by looking in their change history report that she wasn't doing very much, you know, to put it mildly, she wasn't doing very much 
for that yeah. two hundred for that three hundred dollars a month. Um, and actually, when when they kind of asked her about this, she kind of obscured things further by putting a dashboard in between them and their data, so that they wouldn't go and check that sort of thing, basically. And I'm just like, well, like this this isn't like that uncommon a thing. Like, so I, I first got into Google Ads, like I, I sort of stumbled into it basically because when I first set up in self-employment and, and set up a business, like the um, the conversation that I kept having with people, so this was in 2012, the conversation that I kept, kept having with people was that they were struggling with Google Ads, they've hired someone or they've phoned Google, it all went really badly, could I help? And that was seven years ago, and I'm still having that exact same conversation. And actually, that conversation is, is becoming more common, and the implications of it are becoming worse because Google are even you know more brazen about taking your money. There seems to be more agencies than ever that you know are basically try, trying to just lock you into like long-term arrangements where they get a you know a fairly fat monthly retainer, yeah. when actually a lot of the work is front-loaded. And actually, so, so that's what that's what I was trying to teach people at the event is the knowledge of what is involved in that in that work that is front loaded. And then you know, I mean, once you understand what's involved, you know, you can either do it yourself if you want to, or you can then go to a specialist and you can more competently instruct that specialist without being ripped off. So you know, because we're mo you know mostly service providers, and you know, we 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 kind of sit on the service provider side of the fence. I just thought that this issue of, you know, taking control of your Google ads was something that we might be able to riff on a bit yeah. and draw, 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 draw people's attention to this. Cause I, I yeah. just have a growing feeling that it's really important. It's really important. I think it's super common. Uh, something that is kind of related to this is I get a surprising amount of clients who, <laughs> who admit that they used to run it themselves and then they just let the thing slip on autopilot, sometimes for unbelievable lengths of time, eight years, 10 years. Uh, last time they read an AdWords book was 14 years ago. I mean, it's like, wow, how is that thing even still running? And, uh, and then, yeah, then in addition to that, um, I run into a particularly, it seems to me to be worse with small businesses. So your, your carpet cleaner example is spot on. Yeah. Um, you know, the, they're good at doing whatever they do fixing teeth, cleaning carpet, cleaning windows, uh, whatever it may be, repairing electronics. And um, you can't, like, like, there's no, I don't know what they teach for marketing in business school, but my understanding is it's not a whole lot. And there's no reason to think that somebody who is that kind of small business owner should be burning up a ton of their time getting a, a cutting edge pro grade uh, AdWords education, right? Like it, it'd be a little out of bounds unless it's just really their thing. But so because of that, I think for most people, they don't even try it. You know, they, they figure out it's not their thing to do. And so they don't even give it a shot. And then they hire, and I see this with SEO companies too. Of course, we're here to talk about AdWords, but I've seen it for SEO and Facebook and all the rest. They hire someone, um, honestly on the cheap and, uh, don't know exactly what to expect meaning they don't know what kind of results should be being delivered by the agency and uh, they don't even have a clue how to keep an eye on it. And then worst of all, it's so I've, I've had a lot of my clients have come from a situation like that and pretty often the agency they were with had created a black box. So um, the client never owns the 
uh, the AdWords account, didn't know the analytics account, didn't have access to it. In a lot of the worst cases, they even did not own their own website or their own domain. That, that one makes me sick. Um, I've, I've been through some of those where the agency literally had everything lock, stock, and barrel. Uh, and yeah, it, it was just cheap. Honestly, it was. It was affordable. Um, the, the one I have in mind, I think, was, I think it was less than 200 USD, which over here is that that's nothing, honestly, yeah. for, for an agency to be taking care of your, your web marketing. Um, yep. I mean, you, you have to sort of think about it from their perspective. Like, you know, if, if you're the agency and you're charging yeah. two, like $200, how many clients do, do you have to have to make that work? And how much yeah, time are you realistically going to spend on those accounts? Tens of thousands is what you've got to have because in those situations, they never, ever have like a highly competent trained specialist working on your account. It is absolutely the lowest common denominator, uh, copy and paste from other accounts, um, automated with you know, hardly anybody, any human is hardly touching that account on any given month. It's just not happening. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so you, so you got to be aware of these things. And I know a lot of small business owners, especially, just are not they're not aware that it happens uh, and how common it is. It's like um, buying cheap hosting, isn't it? And people don't understand exactly well what what goes in, into cheap hosting. It's like, yep. well, your web host is being shared with. Hundreds of other websites. Yeah, um, it's a great example. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll geek out on that for a minute. I may lose a few people, but the, the techie type will like this, and it is a good analogy. So, um, so funny enough, before I was in marketing, I came from a hosting background. And what most people don't know is your average website provider, uh, whoever they may be, you know, GoDaddy, HostGator, Bluehost, um, any of them, what they do, so you may have seen a, a little fine print down in the footnote that it's shared hosting. Well, what does that mean? Well, every website lives on a server. A server is just a computer. It's, a, it's supposed to be a very good computer, but it's just a computer. It's got so much hard drive space and so much CPU, RAM, memory, etc. And the way, and so the server itself in most cases is the sole expense of the hosting company. I mean, they, they got to operate the building and whatever, but there's nobody involved in, in these equations for the most part. It's just like to run a lot of sites, you got to have a lot of servers. Servers are expensive. Well, so the way a hosting company makes money is by squeezing as many sites onto a server as they can. Now, I want to try to, I want to try to help people understand what this means. So if you have a not, and I don't mean like a little local business site, but if you're doing e-commerce online and you have a moderately busy website, you honestly need your own server to yourself. So it ought to be one-to-one -one if you're running a, a fairly sizable online endeavor. If you're running something big, uh, hundreds of thousands of orders per month or something like that, you not only need your own server to yourself, you need your own server farm, meaning a whole bunch of servers. So. So with that as a background, um, for the average tiny little local splash page lead gen website, probably you can decently get somewhere around 50, maybe up to 100 on a good server before they would begin to kind of eat into each other's um, resources. What does a resource mean? Well, quite simply, every time somebody looks up your site, the server has to look up your homepage, whatever page they're on, uh, dish it up through memory and CPU and send it out to the network. It's not that big of a deal, but it costs a little chunk of available resources each time. 
And so with that in mind, if you get above, yeah, about 100 or so, you're going to find little micro collisions where two pages need to load at once and one has to wait on the first. Okay. And again, that mark is probably around 100 for small websites. I guarantee you there's a lot of people who could argue, you know, a difference of opinion here, but that's my opinion from working in the field. Well, for perspective, the mass hosting companies use special software to ration every last drop of CPU and memory, and they will squeeze up to 2,000 websites onto a single low-end server. On a huge server, they may try to squeeze 20,000, 50,000. It's like, I hope my analogy is clear, but like it's so badly out of proportion that it's crazy. And then even a little business will run like a tiny Facebook campaign and get 100 clicks and maybe find out that half of those clicks didn't load. Why? Because the server was busy. And then now you'll go to check your site. You know, you have a few minutes late in the afternoon. You go to check your site. Oh, it pulls up fine. There's nothing wrong with the site. Well, you weren't there every millisecond while, you know, while the seconds were being sliced away by the compression software. So, okay, I'm, I'm done geeking out there. But this is what happens with an agency. The only way to make money uh, when you're running an entire corporation with employees and you've got all the, you know, uh, wages and, and healthcare insurance and taxes to pay on every employee, you've got to have dozens of accounts per employee. But again, we're talking about low-end employees and, and they're not going to be able to get in there and really focus on honing your account. It's just not going to happen. They also don't really have time to really, um, to really understand your business. For sure. They don't, they don't have time to, to write really good ads or the ability to write really good ads. They don't really have time to really put work into the landing page. Um, I've seen lots of holes with conversion tracking. Yeah. Probably because it's just done in the rush. It's either a lack of knowledge or it's done in a hurry. Yeah. So you, know, you, you have to then ask. It's like if, if, if some agency is offering you AdWords management for $300 or something, it's like, well, what are you actually going to get? Yeah. Like, not very much. And reports on those are almost invariably going to focus around like impressions and clicks. Well, look at all this traffic we drove to your site. <laughs> yeah, and then you get situations like like so. Something that I've seen a lot of still is is agencies charging the clients for both the management fee and the click spend, which immediately obscures the issue because then you're not sure exactly always what is going on agency fee and what is going on spend and actually you're losing you're losing control of, of the data because the spend is being managed through the agency's account which means that if you stop paying your bill each month you lose access to, to the data and guess what it's your data it's your learning it's your it's your keyword research it's your ad testing why would you surrender that to an agency so you know i I think there's a real issue, a real issue of, of control for smaller, for smaller ads, uh, for smaller Google ads advertisers. So um, one of my corporate cleaners at the events uh, is spending about 500, you know, if I convert it into dollars, about $500 a month on ads. Um, and he's then paying this consultant, or he was paying this consultant about $300 on top of that. And I was like, well, what you should do, because obviously, bearing in mind that she's not doing anything, 
obviously that three hundred dollars isn't just the three hundred dollars. It, it it compounds over time, basically. Yeah. You know the the, the compound impact impacts of that is quite high. So I was like, you know, take that three hundred dollars. You know, tell the consultants in the nicest possible language to go away. Take that three hundred dollars. Um, invest it in your own ads. Come on my training. Um, remembering. So yeah, it's a lot of work, but remembering that it's going to be more work up front. And actually, once you've got the structure in place, then the ongoing stuff isn't going to be as bad as long as the structure is done correctly to begin with and thinking is done correctly to begin with and the keyword research is done correctly to begin with. Like, yeah, it's, it's carpet cleaning. Like, it, like keywords don't change that often. Um, a landing page that works today will probably still work in five years' time. Exactly. <laughs> if, you can, yeah. if you can create it. Um, and actually, so another thing that I really realized, I mean, I've known this for a while, but I, it, it became blindingly obvious is that the, if you're the business owner, like, and you want to do some parts of your Google ads yourself, getting help with like the, the keyword research and the campaign setup and stuff like that, that's quite a good thing to outsource. Like I wouldn't outsource it on a monthly retainer fee, but I would pay someone a project fee to do that. Yes. But writing your own ads and having maintaining control over at least the content of your landing pages, I think is really important because no one else is going to know your business as well as you. And sure. um, in theory, like no one else, you know, if, if, if you, if you, with a bit of basic training in things like the Swiss Army Life concept, and, you know, with a bit of basic training in like telling customer stories, like, like it's, you know, you, you as a business owner just have a wealth of the widest wealth of experience to write a unique ad and a wider range of ads. And that became really apparent. And actually, one of the most fun parts of the workshop was we did this kind of ad writing um, group exercise um, where, you know, we were sort of put, pulling in different ideas about writing ads that wasn't just the standard writing about features, writing about benefits. We were, we were writing about things like the customer's worst enemy and best friend and their fears and, and their negative thoughts and positive thoughts and things like that. And actually it was, it was really fun and they all enjoyed it and they all got a lot out of it and they all went away with a list of, you know, ad ideas to go and plug into Google. And I was like, if you're a business owner, like, like that's a great use of your time, you know, just, just meet up with some buddies, like, you know, once a month or once a quarter and brainstorm some new ad ideas, plug them into Google. If you, if you don't want to do the actual ad set up with the ads, just, you know, pay someone like a, a, a project fee to say, okay, I want to go and test these ads. Can you set them up in my accounts and get them labeled correctly? So I, you know, I taught them how to test ads across multiple ad groups by labeling them and things like that. But you know, I, I sent to them, it's like, if you don't want to label all the ads, you can pay someone, you, there's, there's, the world is full of competent AdWords people who can do that, but can't do, but can't do the ad creation part. Yeah. Um, and that, it, it just became, but, this isn't how most people view view Google Ads. Like most business owners view Google Ads as just something to be outsourced to the agency. Yeah. And, and the agency is good at some things, but, but not at others. Um, and actually, once you start keeping keeping control of it, understanding what is really important, then you keep control of the accounts, your data. You keep you know, an overall understanding of the process and then you make sensible hiring decisions to better leverage your time so that you're not, you know, I don't know, losing hours each month just by setting up a campaign if you can pay someone else to do that. But you haven't lost control to the agency in the process. 
Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah, spot on for sure. Yeah, I've even before I worked with AdWords, I worked with uh, a lot of other situations, including like product catalogs, um, websites, blogging, and uh, yeah, it's. It, there is absolutely, so as I said at the beginning, if it's not your strength, don't waste your time on it. But when it comes to what to say, you, I mean, think about it, you're talking to your customers, right? Mm. Uh, nobody, I mean, unless you just happen to find somebody who's a specialist in that field and, and worked in it too, maybe owned a business in it too. But other than that, nobody's gonna know your customers like you. Um, we had, I'll, I'll give one little example. So I was trying to help produce a product catalog for a, a garden tool supply company and uh, there was a gentleman who was uh, an expert gardener who was loosely affiliated with uh, the company, a uh, friend of the owner and such. And when we could get the gardener to talk about the tools, he said things that were amazing that you just, you never would have thought of before. And it just made you want to run out and buy the tool, right? And then when, uh, when, when I try, and I, I have a little bit of gardening experience, but when I tried to write about the tool, it's kind of like, you know, here's the facts and here's what it does. And, okay. You know what I mean? But it's it's nowhere the same. You so, just yeah. have to like record those conversations. Like if For you're sure. the AdWords guy, you, you you have to like bottle up those conversations. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's always like throwaway comments that, that the person who's talking doesn't think of very, is, is very important. Yeah, that's that's or, 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 or they think that everyone just just knows it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. they really don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, did, so just my my sort of final guns on this. So I, I my big my biggest bugbear with my experience in managing Google ads accounts with people is incumbent web designers. I've, I've actually lost projects or, you know, fired clients effectively because they've had an incumbent web designer. I've approached the incumbent web designer and said, look, I'm managing the Google ads. I need to set up some landing pages. I need to log into the website. I'll put no index and no follow tags on the pages so that it doesn't affect your precious SEO work, even though they're not really doing any SEO work. And then um, the web designers come back to me like, well, what do you need that for? Or we can't give you that. And I'm like, well, if you can't give you that, then I can't do my job. Um, and it, it all stems from fear from the web designer of losing their kind of turf. And actually you end up with, with a situation where the client has like the website quote unquote locked because it's, it's on the lock and key of the web designer. And I'm like, well, this, this is terrible because you know, the, the biggest, the biggest success factor of any landing page is going to be the content. And actually, you don't need to be a web designer to edit the content of the page. You want to pay the web designer to do the design of the page and the HTML structure that you can't do without technical expertise. But you can you can insert a headline, you can put a paragraph in, you can get the video on the page, you can put an image on the page. You don't need to be a HTML genius to to do that. And it wrestles it wrestles control away from the web designer and gives you as the business owner control. And actually, so th th this is what we were talking about at the event, was like, keep control of your landing pages, focus on the content more than the design. It's like, if you've got the right, if you've got the right ad and the right audience, and you're sending people to a page that continues the conversation, started by the ad, it's got the right content on. If, if the design looks horrible, it's not, it's not gonna matter. It's still probably gonna convert. And then at some point, if you wanna pay a designer to go and design it properly, then fine. But but that's, 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 that's my biggest bugbear, and, and the biggest delay that I see in Google Ads is delays getting landing pages ready. And it all comes back to control. So 
keep control of your keep control of your ads, keep control of your landing pages, and get educated, and then make sensible outsourcing decisions to leave with your time. Sure. One, one last little thought related to that. Um, you, you mentioned earlier how how this looks from our side as well. So the average churn rate in our industry is three months. And what that basically means is the business owners are not happy with the results and they just go hopping from one agency to the next. Well, <laughs> now think about that in the context of everything we just said. So you're paying a, honestly, a very small price, perhaps this is one scenario. You're paying a very small price to somebody who is more or less not really managing your account or at least not, not doing for you all the things that you need done. And then you decide, well, this isn't working. Let me try another one, right? So first of all, if you try another one that's exactly the same, you haven't really tried anything. <laughs> Second of all, it's kind of the entire conversation that's happening there is sort of overlooking the, the part that actually matters, which is what are we trying to accomplish? Do we know what those goals are? And do we have a way to meet the goals? Related to that, be aware that a lot of the individual consultants or agencies do a much better job and therefore charge a higher price. Um, we have either learned to the school of hard knocks or nowadays a lot of agency uh, coaches actually train agencies and consultants to look out for little clients who have hopped through three or four or five smaller agencies because it's often a bad sign that the business owner just does not have his act together when it comes to running ads and they can be a liability. So a lot of the better paid people uh, literally won't want to work with you if you're a small ticket uh, agency hopper. <laughs> if you're a small ticket broken clients, it's like, yeah. I can't fix your problems for you. Uh, it's, it's, this problem will not be fixed with better AdWords management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, it, it, it reminds me of the IT acronym PICNIC. Is, uh, I don't think I've heard this Which one. is problem in chair, not in computer. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that, that's not to put anybody down, but you know, if, if you've, if you've been that kind of guy, now is the time to try to really understand what the real problem is and find a real solution instead of just hopping to another company. If you found this conversation useful, you can support this podcast by leaving us a review on iTunes. You can also find the show notes for this episode and get in touch with either Jonathan or myself at www www.mazemarketingpodcast.com Once again, that's www.mazemarketingpodcast.com Thanks for joining us and we'll see you on another episode very soon.